0: Welcome to the Men in Hoodies podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike sports shows such as First Taken Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, Brent Lyons, Roman Cleary, and Jake Stu.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Men in Hoodies. It's good to be back with you today. I'm Jake Stoop alongside Roman Cleary. And Brent Lyons, and welcome back to the episode. Last week, we had the wrap up of the March Madness NCAA tournament. Congratulations to the University of Connecticut taking home their fifth title in the last twenty years. They have been absolutely on fire recently, doing great things. Good job to Dan Hurley Hurley for giving them a title. But as many of you viewers know, the NBA regular season has now come to a close. We now have the slate set. My bad, slate set for the NBA play-in tournament. It's going to be a blast, but there's been one thing that a lot of us have had questions about. Is one team in the West that did not make the play-in tournament was the Dallas Mavericks. They shut down Luka Doncic. They shut down Kyrie Irving. They shut down all these guys that they needed to win that game, and they did not. Roman, why in the world would the Dallas Mavericks lose that game on purpose to miss out on the playoffs?
2: Well, first off, before I get into that, I have to give a little bit of a correction Uh, For your intro right there. It is actually UConn's fifth title in the past 24 seasons. They won in 99, 2004, uh, 2011, 2014, and now in 2023. So, how it's up to the University of Connecticut. If they're not considered a blue blood now, then I don't know when they ever will be because they are certainly performing arguably better than any college basketball program in the modern era. But going to teams that are not performing so well, that is the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA. Quite an astonishing situation, honestly. It really caught everybody out of nowhere. I was quite shocked when, you know, they are literally a game out from missing the playoffs, one more loss, and they're done. And they shut down Kyrie, they shut down all these other guys, and they do this weird thing where they're playing Luka for the first quarter and then sitting him out for – uh, the entire game after that and then they don't play anybody after that because of course they lose um and subsequently eliminate themselves from playoff contention and it, it's clear and obvious that they just weren't even trying to to win they'd rather take their chances in the lottery uh, instead of trying to compete for a spot in the postseason i saw earlier today that they were losing to the san antonio spurs 42 to 14 at the end of the first quarter the Spurs went like 21 and 50 this season; like they were terrible. And the Mavericks just didn't even bother to try. I know they were eliminated at that point, but again, it just goes back to you know them basically deliberately, uh, deliberately eliminating themselves from playoff contention. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that uh, this was done intentionally. This was no accident at all. And I just don't know what what to say. I, I think it's very. Uh, you know, I think justifiable that the NBA has decided to investigate them and this whole situation as to you know why they're doing this because on a surface level at least it looks like they are uh, deliberately tanking.
1: Brett, I mean, what Roman said pretty
0: much covers the situation. I don't really think that like there's not going to be many more other opinions other than deliberately tanking. Um it's just kind of sad because I thought even if they started out a little rough that's justifiable because like you're adding a superstar point guard to a team where there hadn't been another superstar player along their side. So I like I think the record was 9 and 17, which obviously isn't a great record, but there's going to be a lot of growing pains, especially when you're adding a a superstar to a to Luka Doncic's team who hasn't had anybody near his caliber playing with him. So I think that like, yeah, there's some growing pain there, and that's okay. But to kind of deliberately shut down your season is pretty questionable. Um, I don't understand what was going through their minds when they did that. But, again, Roman pretty much covered it. I, I do think it's justifiable to open up a case um to see what's going on there. But I do think that either way, should have played through it. Even if you didn't want the 10 seed or whatnot, you guys are talented enough to make it make it into the – NBA playoffs like I don't I don't get what the point of that was but I'm really interested to see what ends up coming from it for sure
2: you know ultimately the goal of professional basketball is to promote a competitive environment and what the Mavericks are doing here uh, directly goes against that you know so Mm. it's kind of a disgrace honestly that the Mavericks decided to do what they did I think it's really comparable you know going to the NFL what the Eagles did just a few years ago when they basically uh, were tanking super hard uh, against the Washington football team. And, you know, if you remember in that, in that game, the winner was going to win the NFC East and subsequently, you know, have a playoff game at home the next week. And it was at Mm -hmm. Lincoln financial field
1: in Philadelphia
2: and the Eagles just looked like they didn't even care to try. And Doug Peterson was fired a few hours later, subsequently. So, yeah, I just. I'm just really tired of this culture of you know tanking and giving up on your season is apparently the better option. I just don't believe that to be true, and I think teams have paid the price for it in the past, and that could certainly happen with the Mavericks here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for a franchise that is of
1: Dallas's caliber, they seem to always expect excellence out of their guys, and that's what we've seen from Mark Cuban as of as of recently as well. He's always trying to contend. He's never. He's never given off this vibe of we're going to tank, we're going to try to get a better um, spot in the draft, especially when you trade for Kyrie Irving. It doesn't seem like an option. That seems like a move where you are doing that to try to win an NBA championship, especially coming after or coming off a Western Conference Finals appearance. So this is very confusing, all in all. um, To play devil's advocate here for a second, if you look at the draft and where they would have to be placed to get their pick, they have to be top 10 in the draft lottery in order to keep their pick. Otherwise, it goes to the New York Knicks from the Chris porzingis trade. And the question I had when I saw this going down amid the Christian Wood rumors that they're not going to sign him back, to the hefty contract he's going to want, do they need an extra piece to win a championship? And that's what I started to think because obviously Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, they're both stellar guys, but can them by themselves, frankly, without Christian Wood win a title? So when I'm thinking about it, it seems like Kyrie's going to stay long-term. That's what I think, at least. Luke is happy while he's there. Do they need another big? And I think this year, if you luck out in the draft lottery, your pick stays top 10, which it should, then you have a really, really good list of talented big men, not to mention Victor Wembanyama. Obviously, super far chance that you even get that high at the one spot, but that's an option. You also got Jarrett Walker out of Houston. He's a good big man. And then you got Taylor Hendricks from UCF. These are all guys that you could potentially get that would make up for anybody that you could bring in an older piece from the free agency. Um, So that's the only reason I could even see them doing this for a reason. But still, you've got Luca and Kyrie, both guys who have proven that they can go off in the playoffs. I don't understand why this decision was made. Um, Really, it all goes back to the failed trade that we look at back on now with Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Um, even Jalen Brunson losing him in free agency it just seems like it's all gone downhill since that appearance in the Western Conference Finals so I'm as confused as y'all are
2: a lot of confusing decisions here I thought they should have tried to make a run I agree yeah I mean I don't think there's any other opinion to have on this if you are in agreement of the Mavericks decision here to you know let's just call it how it is tank and give up on your season then you're not a fan of basketball you're a fan of whatever that is, because mm-hmm. that that's not basketball. That's not the NBA. And the less we see of that, the better.
1: For sure. For sure. The only reason I can even understand it is if they luck out and get Victor Wembanyama at the one, not going to happen, but that's the only reason I would even justify this because Victor Wembanyama is maybe the best prospect we've ever seen coming out of um, high school, whatever you want to say overseas. So that would be the only reason, but moving on, As I said, the NBA play-in tournament slate is set. What if you don't know what this is, rather than doing just a straight 7 and 8 seed, what the NBA has added is they have the 7 and the 8 seed after the regular season play, the 9 and the 10. The winner of the 7-8 game moves on to the 7 seed. The loser of that game and the winner of the 9 and 10 play for the 8 seed, and that wraps up the playoffs, kind of give it a more March Madness type of feel, get more teams and more fans, more money really um, into the NBA. So that's what we're setting up here. First game, we're going to predict a little bit for y'all. we got the Los Angeles Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Roman, who do you like coming out of this matchup? Remember, it's just one game.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you all saw earlier the chaos that happened for the Minnesota Timberwolves earlier today with Rudy Gobert throwing a punch at former Memphis Grizzly and San Antonio Spur Kyle Anderson on the sideline on the bench, and he was sent home for the rest of the day. So from a mental edge, the Lakers certainly have the advantage in this matchup. The Timberwolves are going to be coming off the heels of that while the Lakers have been playing their best basketball of the year over the last few weeks. And this game is going to be at crypto.com arena. I hate that it's called that now. Same. <laughs> and, and, Same. Anyway, this is going to be at crypto.com arena in LA Lakers. LeBron's back. 80 is, uh, fully healthy. It seems like they, they got D'Angelo Russell, who is good on paper, but he's disappointed in these moments in the past. And that's a little bit concerning, at least for me. But I do like the Lakers here to come out with a victory in this matchup. It just seems like everything's going their way for him uh, at, at the moment. The Timberwolves it wouldn't shock me if they won this game, because I think they do have a really good roster, a really good team, especially on paper. But I think the Lakers have the slight edge in this one.
0: I'm going to go ahead and Flip the coin on this one. Give it to the Timberwolves. I I just like to see a rematch of Minnesota and uh, Memphis real quick. I know that there. I know that all the guys that made that special aren't necessarily all there anymore. Pretty much just Patrick Beverly. But still, <laughs> I think Anthony Edwards and John Morant going at it again would be pretty fun. Um, I like Ant a lot. Um, I loved Jaw. Uh, I like him a lot now. Um, kind of have mixed feelings on him at the moment. But uh time will tell whether that comes back or not. But um either way, I think that those two guys are great. Their games kind of mimic each other a lot in certain areas. And so I'd love to see them kind of square off again, especially with if Rudy Gobert and them and the rest of the Timberwolves can figure this out. You've got two great defenders and Jaron Jackson and Rudy Gobert that'd be squaring off. I feel like they just kind of all match besides the fact that Steven Adams would not be a part of this, which is where I think that they would really match with Steven Adams and Cat. Yep and it would be a very even series as far as paper goes. Um, but I do I do think that the Timberwolves pull this one out. Um, I know they're probably a big underdog here, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to him just because I really want to see another Memphis and Timberwolves series.
2: Yeah, the winner of this game plays the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round, in case y'all don't know. Yeah, and if this were to happen, it's not anything really different because
1: if you remember last year, Steven Adams didn't really play in that series because they claimed that it wasn't a great matchup. But now you have Rudy Gobert, which would completely change up the landscape and um, make it a lot tougher on the Grizzlies, especially with the lack of depth when it comes to the big man position. That would be really tough. But well, with I what Rudy look-
2: Gobert, with what he did earlier today, that can complicate that. We have to keep that in mind, too. Are you talking about potential
1: suspension, or what are you saying? I mean, the team may suspend him. I Maybe mean, he Valid. tried to fight it, a teammate it, yeah. during the game. That's, yeah. That's pretty inexcusable Excuse in from my a, opinion. I'm just – I'm honestly scared of Rudy Gobert's defense in the playoffs because every time we've played the Jazz, I don't know if it's been once or twice in the playoffs, but they, he just eats us up on the defensive end and the rebounds. And without Steven Adams, the guy we got to fix the issues that Rudy Gobert pointed out that we had in that series, that's what I'm worried about. Um, so I want, I, But I do want to see you be right, Brent, because I would rather play the Timberwolves than the Lakers. I got to go L.A. in this one, though. Their roster and the way they've been playing is so stacked – They've been so hot. Let me just go down this roster if you're not familiar with the people that they got over the trade deadline. You obviously got Braun, Davis, Russell from the Timberwolves. Austin Ree has been playing out of his mind. He's averaging double digits, 13 points per game. Dennis Schroeder, we've seen what he can do in the playoffs, one of the best backup point guards in the league. Lonnie Walker, Malik Beasley, also from the Timberwolves. Rui Hachimura, and then Jared Vanderbilt, also from the T-Wolves. Like, this is a very deep team especially when it comes to rebounding and defense, and that's why I'm worried because, yes, Xavier Tillman is a good player. Yes, Santi Aldama is a good player. But can those guys hold up in the paint 24-7, no Clark, no Adams? I'm going to have a tough time picking up to beat the Lakers. We
2: got got big dog Kenny Lofton. We got got big dog 42 points today, Kenny Lofton. G League (laughs) Rookie of the Year dropped 42 today on the Thunder.
0: You guys don't match up well at all with the Lakers. We don't.
1: We don't match up with anybody, and that's why I'm worried. As an avid Grizzlies fan, I'm going to cheer for us wholeheartedly, but I cannot confidently see us beating the Lakers or the Timberwolves, but mainly the Lakers. I could, I could have us win against the T Wolves in six, maybe seven, but man, I don't know. Grizzlies just are not deep when it comes to the front court, and that's what scares me.
2: I know they do have the best defensive player in basketball, and we've we just forgot also about that all of a sudden.
1: Also, Jaron, but we can't expect Jaron to have 30 and 10 every night and then four blocks without fouling. That's, that's my problem. I just I don't know how well it's going
2: to hold up. I don't know. He's a, he's a different player than he was even last year to me. So, correct. correct. I can so certainly of see him pressure. stepping up in that moment. And with yeah. the way that Kennard is shooting the ball right now, and then obviously you have Jabak playing at a really high level. I mean, I that's think correct. it's probable that the Grizzlies move on to the second round regardless of who they get here.
1: Gotcha. Well, we'll see. But two votes for the Lakers, one vote for the Timberwolves. Next game in the Western Conference, the 9-10. and 10, Loser goes home for good. New Orleans Pelicans versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Brent, start us out. Who you got?
0: I wanted to take the Thunder here, but with Zion out, I, I'm taking the Pelicans. Um, Advent Zion hater Because over Zion's here. out. Um, and I think that Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum are ballers um, they're not ballers when Zion plays because he just ruins the whole thing. But because he is out, I think that they get the dub and he should stay out for the playoffs because maybe they beat the Nuggets without him. But if he comes back, then I think that it's going to go to shambles, not just because of Zion, but also because he's pretty much just been sitting on his butt the whole season. And so if he comes back now, I think he's going to kind of mess up what they've got going on, which I did, I think Brandon Ingham's playing incredible. And I think CJ McCollum's playing some of the best basketball he has. Um, so... I could really see them doing some damage, but I do think that the Thunder are just a little too inexperienced here. Obviously, Shea Gildas Alexander is great, but I don't like, even if they win this game, I don't see them getting past the Timberwolves or the Lakers for the eight spot. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Pelicans here. One, because I think they can pull out at least one to get to this spot for the eight seed, but two, because I think they just have a little bit more experience.
2: Uh, for me, I'm going to take the Pelicans in this one as well. They're just—they've just been better recently. I think they're a better team than the Thunder overall. It's going to be at New Orleans at the Smoothie King Center. This is a team that can get really hot uh, from three. We saw that the other night against the Grizzlies. And honestly, this team may work better in terms of chemistry without Zion. And though Zion is a fantastic player, but yeah. I think Brent has a point where if he, you know, just jumps in at the last second here in the middle of the playoffs, that could really mess up stuff. So. Yeah, I I just like the Pelicans in the spot. A real toss-up here for me because I can easily see a scenario where SGA Mm -hmm. goes off and leads Oklahoma City to victory. But I'll go New Orleans. Yeah, I'm also going New Orleans, too. Props
1: to the Thunder for even making the play-in, especially over the Mavericks. Obviously, they tanked. But to win 40 games when people say you haven't arrived yet, that is solid progress. Um, But I'm also going to go New Orleans. I disagree about Zion. um, Obviously, because I'm a big Zion guy, I wish he stopped getting hurt. Uh, but I'm going to have to go New Orleans here. And I think really the main reason I'm going New Orleans is because I can see them challenging for that eight spot. And last year we saw them at that eight spot after winning the play-in. Yeah, the second play-in game. So last year they did it as well. And they challenged the Suns. They took them to six. Um, So I'm not – I wouldn't be super surprised if the Pelicans were to challenge the Nuggets. I have the Nuggets coming out of the West, but um, I could definitely see that for sure. So give me the Pelicans. Um, That's a sweep for them. Let's move to the East now. We got the seven. Man, seed, you the you Miami told me that Heat. the Suns whoa, whoa, were better whoa. than the Nuggets before we started. Before. Are we, no, I said wait,
0: maybe. wait. Are we skipping the Are we skipping the Western Conference?
1: We're going to move second that word. part. I remember, yeah, we, we went over this and then we yeah. were doing the East and then okay. we're circling back. Yeah, circling back okay. to that after this. Um, next, we got the Miami Heat at the seven, Hawks at the eight seed. Roman, who you got, Heat or the Hawks?
2: I think the Heat win this. It's They're probably too good for the play in, to be honest. I mean, I know they've been down this year, but the Miami Heat are a team that, you know, they were a top seed, uh, I think, last year. And then they went to the NBA Finals in the bubble. Quite frankly, they shouldn't be here. So I, I think they win this pretty handedly.
0: I've got the Hawks. Quite quite frankly, I don't think they should even be here. Um, definitely better than the play-in. So I think the Heat don't deserve to be in the play-in. I think the Pacers should be in over them. So
2: huh. You literally did that because of what I just said. How come? I mimicked what you, like what you said.
0: Atlanta? I mim I mimicked what you said because of what you just said. But I was picking the Hawks anyway. I like Atlanta a little bit better because I think Trey Young and Dejounte Murray mix a little bit better in the playoffs. As far as defense means a little bit more. Dejounte Murray is good at defense, and obviously you need that scoring on the other end. And I think Trey Young does that. Um, I do not think they make it out in the first round, whoever they play. But I do think that they get a win over Miami. Um, and the first part of the plan.
1: I'm about to go Miami. um, And we were talking about defense a little bit. They got one of the best defensive guys in the league, Jimmy Butler, also in Bam Adebayo, two guys that are top three in their respective positions um, at defense. And then you also got the young guys like Max Struess in there um, and also the old veteran Kyle Lowry. As you said, Roman, I agree with you. I don't think they should be a playing team, but as we've seen, there's so much talent top to bottom in these NBA rosters because we're seeing the transition from the era that we've known, mix in with the era that's up and coming. And that's why we're seeing so much talent at this point in time. But give me the heat. The Hawks are going to have a tough challenge when they uh, face the Raptors or the Bulls. Uh, moving on to the next one, Rowan, actually to the Raptors and the Bulls. Who you got? Nick Nurse and a little bit of turmoil right now. Bulls and their own kind of stuff. So who you got in this one?
2: Chicago. I'm going with Chicago. I think they get the upset here in Toronto. I really like the way that DeMar DeRozan has played really throughout this entire season. Of course, you have Levine there, and yeah, I, I just think the Bulls are in a bit of a better position right now. The Raptors, they're just talk. They're in talks of literally firing their coach. So, I think the Bulls come in here again. This is just one game, so I think the Bulls just come in here with a bit more of like a better headspace. And yeah, yeah. It, it's a real toss-up, but I'll just go Chicago. I just like yeah, it
0: yeah. To me, I really don't understand why Chicago hasn't worked out more. Um, I think that they have lots of amazing players, and I'm really confused on why nothing's clicked yet. Um, I don't remember if I did, but I really think I had Chicago as a top-four seed in the East this year. So the fact that they're still kind of dwelling around this bottom area is pretty upsetting to me, just because DeMar and Levine, I feel like on paper should work very well together, but it just hasn't meshed, and it's kind of disappointing. But I still have faith in Chicago. I think they get an easy one um, over the Raptors.
1: Mm. Yeah, last year, I think you had them beating the Bucs in the first round, which by all means was a decent pick, and they just did not did not seem to I live up so to the hype, up. so it was, it was very disappointing for me. I'm with you guys. They haven't lived up to the hype, and I think this game right here is going to make them raise a lot of questions. Give me Toronto and the Raptors to not upset the Bulls. They're actually favored by four and a half points. I think uh, Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet show off tonight or, or show off in this game on the 12th, and I think that... Man, I think we're going to have a lot of questions when it comes to Nick Nurse and the head coaching position, but I think the questions need to be raised on the Chicago Bulls because they just gave Zach Lien a hefty contract. You brought in DeRozan. It was kind of confusing, but either way you did. You spent a lot of money on him. I think they're going to have to really decide what they want to do and win because this is a big test for them um, against the Raptors, especially if they lose. Um, So moving on, let's go back to the West. Um, To recap for you guys, Roman had L.A. Lakers moving on into the playoffs. You have the Timberwolves and the Pelicans facing off in this play-in matchup for the eight seed. Who do you have getting the last spot in the
2: West? I'm going to take the Pelicans. It's a real toss-up for me once again, but I just think the Pelicans are a bit more of the – they just have a bit more momentum right now. The Minnesota, again, I think the whole incident with Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert, that really concerns me. And, you know, in these one-game situations – you know, stuff like that really matters. If this were like a seven-game series, that would probably have Minnesota edging it out because of the home court advantage and whatever else. I think they're more talented too, but I think the Pelicans are playing at a really high level right now. Uh, I mean, at least as much as they can. I mean, CJ McCollum's playing great. Ingram's been been good. Herb Jones has been streaky at times mm-hmm. as well. Yep. I just like the what I just like where the Pelicans are. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat the Nuggets, but I think they I think they can get out of the plan for sure. Brent Lakers Pelicans.
1: Mm. Don't pick wrong here. Don't do it. Don't do it.
2: He's gonna, supposed, he's gonna bounce the Lakers out. Please. It's please.
0: not it's not suppo- it's not supposed to be hard, is it? But he's I'm gonna, gonna do it. it. I'm gonna do it anyway. Give me oh, the Pel- nah. give, me, give me the Pelicans Lakers over the Lakers. Send them to the send them to Denver for a round in the in the high altitude Rocky Mountains. Let's let's have some fun. Uh give me the <laughs> Zionless Pelicans to, to double it up and beat the Lakers and the Thunder to get to the eight seed.
1: You think Los Angeles is heading to Cancun a little bit early, really?
0: LeBron loves Cancun. Jake, why do, you, why, do you Jake, a, happens, why do you think he run a Why
2: do
1: you think he a ring right there?
2: Jake, if that happens, I don't want to hear another peek from you about LeBron being the goat. <laughs> ever. I don't want to hear one peek about.
0: I never
1: that. said he was the goat. I don't
0: want, I to, want to hear another peek. I don't want to hear another
1: peep, Jay. Jake. Okay, how no about more this? peeps. I will never, ever bring it up if the Lakers don't make the playoffs. Do we have a deal? All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do we do? <laughs> All right. Roman's on There's my no side way.
0: now. Roman's oh, on no. my side now.
1: There's no way the Lakers miss the playoffs. There's no way. They're the hottest oh, no, team I agree in basketball. With you. There's the hottest team in basketball. It is not happening. It is not happening.
0: Not another peep. <laughs> not
1: another Pete. Oh, boy. Who did I have? I had the Timberwolves and the Pelicans. This one's tough. Um, we've seen the matchup of that's Valanciunas not... and Gobert before. So, And Gobert won that matchup. And then add Cat to this. It's going to be very difficult. I would rather see the Pelicans in the playoffs over the Timberwolves. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I think the Timberwolves made a massive mistake when they traded D'Lo. And while he – did not live up to the hype while he was in Minnesota. He was a decent floor general. He just took some bad shots, and that was his problem. Giving those shots to Anthony Edwards, a healthy Carl Anthony Towns. This team should be way better than they are because Carl Anthony Towns was out pretty much half the season. Anthony Edwards is also hurt at the moment. He might be back, but he's been out the last couple of games as well. And the Rigo Bears had his issues, but that doesn't take away from the defensive prowess. He's out on the floor. Um, so I'm going to go. I will go the Pelicans, though, to overtake the Timberwolves. This one's going to be – one of the best matchups of the season, especially primetime TV.
0: Dilo's going to see what Cancun with LeBron is like.
1: <laughs> we'll see about that. Hey, they'll do that after their loss to the Grizzlies. How about that? How they
0: about can that? do that after the, They can do that after back-to-back losses to the Thunder and the Pelicans.
1: Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Let's go Brand, to the East. Brandon now. Ingram drops the forty bomb.
2: <laughs> East
1: Roman Hawks or Raptors? This one's a tough one. No, it it be Hawks Bulls, right? Did you pick the? Uh, I picked the Bulls over the Raptors. Oh, my bad, my bad. I forgot that it was a elimination game. Okay, sorry. Bulls Hawks.
2: Yeah, and that's important because I'm taking the Bulls to win this game over Atlanta. <laughs> I, mean, I, I like the Hawks. I like Trey Young, but I think the Bulls are too talented to be the 10 seed in the East. I mean, I, I, again, the East is very talented overall, and they may be even better than the West this season, but. At the end of the day, I I just think the Bulls are a better team. I I think the Hawks could easily come out and win this game. Again, this is a one-game situation. I know I bring it up over and over again, but that is a real factor of this play-in tournament. It's a one-game situation, kind of like the NCAA tournament. And I think in a one-game situation, talent wins out here. So I'm going to take the Bulls.
0: Yeah, this is important to me here because I think the Bulls beat the Heat. So I think that they're way too talented to be the 10th seed in the East. Wow. Knock them out.
1: Send them we to both Cancun. have the Bulls in. Crazy. That's we do crazy. Let's go. No, I, I got the Bulls missing it, man. Um, give me – it's the Hawks and the Raptors for me. Um, I find it very hard not to see Trey Young and DeJounte Murray in the playoffs. I think that the Raptors will get everybody hyped, beat the Bulls, solid win. But as you said, the Hawks with DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, and then John Collins, Clint Capella – I think that's too solid of a squad not to see in the playoffs. I think they get booted very quickly um, by the Milwaukee Bucks, but I'm going to have to go with the Hawks. So let's round out
2: and uh, summarize what we've been through. Roman, who is your 7 and 8 seed in both conferences? So my 7 seed is the Lakers, and I have the Pelicans as my 8 seed. And for the East, I have the Heat as my 7 and the Bulls as my 8.
0: For me, I have have the 8
2: seed being eliminated in both scenarios, both conferences. Wow. Interesting.
0: For me, I have the Timberwolves as my 7 seed, and the Pelicans as my 8. And in the East, I have the Hawks as my 7 seed, and the Bulls as my 8. And we're not going to put... Sorry. Sorry, I just wanted to be like Roman. And we're not going to put... Yeah, we're not going to put any limitations on 8 seeds here yet.
1: Are you talking about an upset of the one?
0: Not over, not over anything in the East. I'm talking about the West. Dude, Depends on hate, if Zion's out or not.
1: Don't hate on the future three time MVP. Don't do it. He's winning MVP. I would never. No, I'm talking about Jokic. He's gonna be three time no. MVP. Yeah, just give it to him. Um, for me, I got to go the Lakers for the seven, and then the Pelicans for the eight. Solid Western Conference slate overall. The Heat mm. get the seven in the East. And then the Hawks get the eight. Nothing changes for me on that. The only upset I have is the Pelicans moving into the playoffs in the West. Great job. NBA play-in tournament is success. Make a lot of money. Hopefully we'll have another Patrick Bever- Beverly moment. And the Lakers Getting on top twice. of the scores table for winning the seven seed. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But he will not do it um, against the Lakers. I'll say that. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the play-in tournament should be done by Friday night. So by the next time we talk to you about the NBA, we will have our first round playoff predictions. It seems like last time we did this was the beginning of the playoffs, man. This is last year. That is crazy. Will we have time to get packs? another pot in before the first round starts? Not before, um, unless we recorded it before. That would be an option. And we got to um, do
0: predictions now. Surprise no, predictions right now. Can't do
1: that. I am not ready for that, especially when it comes to the games. Where do you think, um, we who can do you make... think
0: did it on the spot? Do you think I did mine? Do you think I planned mine out really all nice and neat beforehand?
1: I think you did. I think you got a spreadsheet right in front of you just marking it all down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I definitely mm-hmm. didn't go back after I made my picks and see how many times the Pelicans and the Timberwolves lost to the Lakers this season.
1: <laughs> what we'll have to do is we'll have to go into NBA.com once the bracket is set, put in all our predictions, then come in for the podcast and just say them. Even if somebody has lost a game that we didn't expect them to, we just got to say them on the spot. Um, NBA playoffs. Got to be we'll honest. Be starting- By the end of the week, which is insane. Um, So it'll be fun. Moving on, we've got college basketball. And if you're avid college basketball fans, while the season may be over, this is really where it starts for the teams that did not make the Final Four. We've got transfer portal action here to bring it to you. Roman, you've been heavily involved in this. Who has been your favorite player in the portal or favorite commit thus far that is really going to make an impact on their new squad?
2: Man, this transfer portal has so much talent, quite frankly. It has so much talent. Absolutely. Like, all these dudes across the board. I mean, looking at just the top ten, according to On3, you have Hunter Dickinson, Max Abbas, Harrison Ingram, former five-star recruit, Caleb Love, who committed to Michigan, J.J. Starling, who's going to Syracuse, uh, Aaron Estrada, Keller Ware, another former five-star guy, Keller Ware, Jameer Nelson Jr., who is a really hyped-up prospect. Um, You have all these guys. I mean, Caleb Battle from Temple is another really interesting player. Jalen Cook from Tulane. I mean, this is all really, really exciting talent. Much of it's still uncommitted in the transfer portal. But in terms of my favorite commit, I'm actually going to point to Houston for not just getting Damian Dunn, but also getting LJ Cryer from Baylor. I really like what they've done here with those two moves. Houston, I mean, they really needed to load up big time for this Big 12. And they've seem to have done that here. I mean, losing Marcus Sasser and Traymond Mark to the transfer portal. Marcus Sasser going to the NBA, obviously. But Trama Mark, transfer portal, he's off to Arkansas. And you you arguably, you know, upgraded over Traymar Mark with two different players. And this is coming from somebody who's a big Traymond Mark fan. But LJ Cryer was a key piece in Baylor's championship season a few years ago. And then you have, you know, Damian Dunn, who was a really solid scorer at Temple, averaged fifteen a game, was Caleb battles running mate there. I mean, hats off to Kelvin Sampson, big time job for him to go and get those guys.
1: Brett.
0: I don't know, man. Transfer portal stuff, you know, is always a pretty sad subject for me. So I don't really pay attention to it. Oh man. Um, Max. So much fun. No, it's not because when you lose 11 players every year in the transfer portal, it's not fun. Roman. Hey,
2: Hey, Memphis lost Tyler Harris, Landers Nolly, uh, a bunch of other players last year. Hey, before that, we
1: lost Boogie and all those guys in the same year, too. We lost Memphis
2: lost Boogie Ellis and Damian Ball in the same season.
0: But they leave because Because you have too many five stars on the team. You leave, they leave because you have too Mm -hmm. many five stars on the team. Our guys leave because we're not good enough.
1: Hey, and look what happens when they leave Memphis, man Landers Nolly. He's going to the draft, but I don't know what's going to happen there. Boogie Ellis, absolute fail at USC as well. So, I think we can all agree it's been a bad decision to leave the, the Tigers.
2: Boogie Ellis has been a good player at USC.
1: He would have had more success here, though. I think we can all agree. He's still been their leading scorer, I think. Correct, but two first-round knockouts the last two years, no Pac-12 championship. I don't know, man. He's... Well, Boogie would have been sitting behind Alex Lomax. So, I mean... Yeah, maybe. That's valid. Maybe we would have gotten Lomax a transfer. Who knows? But <laughs> for me, I'm going to be biased here. Um, and I think there's a good reason for it. Once you hear about a little bit of a backstory, I'm going to go best recruit that we've seen get an offer and commit is going to be Jonathan Pierre coming oh. to the Memphis Tigers. And the reason is of course everybody's asking, why is this 6'10 guy from D2 point guard commit or guard, just go guard committing to Memphis? Why was he even D2 in the first place? He grew from 6'2 to 6'7, his own words, in a little over a month. That's five inches after committing to play somewhere. Only had one offer, committed there, and grew five inches. Right, 36-0, national champions in the D2 D2. On three, has them inside the top 25 when it comes to transfers. 80 offers, 80 offers, and he picked Memphis. I don't know why. There were a lot of better names, the actual Blue Bloods on that list, But for some reason, he picked Penny Hardaway and Memphis Tigers. I'm willing to bet it was because Penny Hardaway said, man, I'm a big guard. I know how you need to function. Um, So maybe that was some part of his recruiting process. But Jonathan Pierre is maybe the most questionable guy that we've seen in this portal so far commit because we haven't seen him against top talent. 6'10 guard leading a national championship team in D2. I cannot wait to see what this guy has, especially alongside Caleb Mills and Mikey Williams. It's going to be fun in Memphis.
2: With well, Jake, I, th- I think you have to give Memphis a bit more respect here. There were so many better names for him that you this is Penny Hardaway that we're talking cool. about here. This is the University of yeah. Memphis, Correct. one of the most storied basketball programs in the history of America. And I think few people, like far too many people, forget that a lot of the time. I mean, it's not an insult that Jonathan Pierre, a no, prospect that got the kind of traction that he got, committed to the University of Memphis. I mean, would you not commit? after going to see that Lori Walton basketball facility, that thing is incredible. No, I agree. I agree. That's incredible. I will never be one to bash Memphis. And you're being recruited by a guy who would have been an NBA Hall of Famer had it not been for knee injuries and stuff. Yeah. and
1: I'm just saying 80 80 offers and he committed that quickly. That's just where my mind is blown that Penny Hardaway in Memphis should have had a huge recruiting pitch that made him commit that quickly. And like you said, Memphis is a storied program. Our facilities are out of this world. And as you've seen, Memphis pours into their athletes and their players. But try not to be biased as much as I can here. But from an outside perspective, you cannot look past what Memphis did to pull in Pierre, especially that quickly.
2: Well, just because they get an offer doesn't mean, you know, they are being like prioritized that quickly. I think it just comes down to the fact that Memphis recognized what they wanted to Jonathan Pierre and really jumped on him before anybody else. Sure. He may have gotten a bunch of other offers, but that doesn't mean he was being prioritized the same way by those schools. Like he was being prioritized by Memphis. And that speaks to kids. We really forget about that. You know, like who, who prioritizes you first, who recognizes what you got first before anybody. I mean, I think a, a lot of players take that into account when making these decisions, whether it's in the transfer portal or high school recruiting or whatever else. I mean, who had your back first? Who was on you first? You know that that's a big thing, for sure. Brent, any
1: more yeah. thoughts on uh, the he, transfer portal for you? I mean, we got Ace
0: Baldwin today. I didn't know that we got him, but you know, I'll take him. Uh, obviously, he won a ten player him. of the year.
2: him. a ten player of the year. One of the point no America. He's no Mike Roads now, Mickey. Brent. You like him no. now? You no. still don't like Mike Rhodes.
0: He's no Jalen Pickett, and he's no Micah Shrewsbury. But if he can get more people and get people to stop decommitting from our program, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'll like him a little bit more. But Ace no, Baldwin's wait, no, a good no, start.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. I, don't, I was not aware of how good Jalen Pickett was before the season. What had he done, and I'm asking, before this season where he popped off?
2: He was a really was, good player at Siena.
0: He was very good at Siena. He had okay, a he season a before at Penn State. Well, he had played a season at Penn State already. And he was good, but, he, like, but you could see talent in him and you knew that he was going to be our best player next year, but you didn't know what he was going to do yet until the first game came around. So Micah Shrewsbury developed him extremely well um, for his first gotcha. year with him, for his second year with him. They kind of worked together the first two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering that we only have four guys on scholarship on this team right now, Um, we we don't have a very talented group, I would say. So until we stop getting our young guys to decommit and our best, the best recruit that Penn State's ever had, he was like a he was like a five star, ninety eight whatever, nine ninety eight whatever it is, point something. Um, decommitted, he uh, tarnished his national letter of intent or whatever to Penn State after Michael Shrewsbury um, went to Notre Dame. Um, We also lost Shrewsbury's kid. So there's a lot for him to have to live up to. um, Mm Whereas right now, he just hasn't yet.
1: Well, I wouldn't be so sad because Jalen Pickett, I didn't know this, that he was like he was there, but he wasn't super hyped. For me, on an outside perspective, I would be like, was Jalen Pickett not a top 10 point guard before the season? Like, were people not projecting this because of how well he played? So a guy that's coming in that proven. And Adrian Baldwin, I would be really happy because he's already a proven guy, eights player of the year, and you personally had VCU in your lead eight, right? So you obviously knew something was going on there before you even knew of him or knew a lot about him. So I would, I would take yeah. this as an absolute win.
0: I, I take you – no, know, it is a win. But at the same time, we had so many people around Jalen Pickett that, like, we had Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy, who Andrew Funk was, like, the best shooter in college basketball, if not top five, He was insane. Everybody saw that in March Madness If they didn't see that during the season. Then we had Seth Lundy, who's a very complete player on the defensive and offensive end, and we just had a lot of pieces around Jalen Pickett that helped make him so great. If it was just Jalen Piggott driving the ball every time, all they have to do is close down on him, and then there's a little bit more trouble. But when you have kickouts to guys who can shoot like Miles Dredd, Andrew Funk, Seth Lundy, Cameron Winter, all these people, it makes your team a lot more successful. So if we don't even have five guys on the floor, I'm going to say it's going to be a little hard for Ace Baldwin to get work going. So we need to get those, we need to get five guys on the floor, and then we need to get successful people as well.
2: And to give my just thoughts on Memphis in general, real quick, because I know we discussed of me be talking about that before this. I really like what Penny's done in the transfer portal so far. I mean, obviously getting Jonathan Pierre, probably his best commit yet overall. I really like the addition of Caleb Mills as well, though. I think a lot of people are sleeping on that acquisition. I mean, Caleb Mills is a guy that was the preseason American Athletic Conference yep. player of the year not too long ago when he was at Houston. And when you look back at, you know, with Houston tape, this was a guy that could shoot it at all three levels. You know, could score both inside and outside. Just so smooth with the ball in his hands. And I think the fact that he was on a bad Florida State team for two years, I think that really tarnished that reputation a little bit for him. He was still a really good player, arguably the best player on the team. But I think it was pretty obvious that the Florida State fit just wasn't all that good from the beginning. And they just had a lot of guys on that team that didn't exactly live up to the hype. Leonard Hamilton, great recruiter, but turns out he wasn't exactly adequate at putting together all that, all that talent and making it work. Uh, within a relatively weak ACC. I mean, you had Virginia, you had Miami this year, but I don't know. Duke, Duke, was, good. Duke was good. Duke yeah. didn't get a stride until later in the year. I mean, Florida State had an opportunity to be a standout team in that league, and they just couldn't do it despite having the talent. I mean, you had Jalen Worley, you had Matthew Cleveland. Of course, you had Caleb Mills. I mean, you had all these guys, and it just didn't work out for you at all. So now mm-hmm. Caleb Mills is going to be in a bit more of a winning situation at Memphis. I think Petty Hardaway is a guy that saw a lot of him in his one full season at Houston. He still he still played a decent amount for Houston in his sophomore season. But, of course, he had kind of a weird ending to his time there with that injury. And then just going into the transfer portal out of nowhere. Um, apparently there were allegations that he got benched because he didn't want to play defense all that much. But that's not going to fly in Memphis. You've got to play defense when you're in Memphis. There's just no way around mm-hmm. that. Mikey Williams, I don't care. Uh, I don't care who you are. You've you got to play defense when you're at Memphis. So yeah. I don't envision that being an issue. So I really like what they're doing there with Caleb Mills. I think he'll be a good uh, good contributor. Jonathan Pierre, I'm really interested to see what they do with him. Are they going to use him as more of a big man or a wing because they need help in both spots. And Jonathan Pierre, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to be heavily relied upon to really fill in both of those roles in a way. I mean, they need somebody that can score from the wing and they need somebody that can go down and rebound the ball, score from inside. Luckily, Jonathan Pierre is a guy that's capable of doing all those things. But it's gonna be we interesting think. to Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen when deep a, when a, a guy who was just playing a D two is gonna be do all that. You know, and obviously you can't sleep on the Nick Jordan acquisition either. I know that it's not exactly the flash and glamorous move that Memphis fans are used to. But Nick Nick Jordan is going to be a guy that's going to come in here and produce, plain and simple. I know when you look at his stats on ESPN or wherever you get your stats, that they're not all that outstanding. But he had two good games against Memphis, especially the first one. He had 16 and 10. This is a guy that can score inside. He can rebound the ball. He's very athletic. He instantly became the best big man on the team when he committed. Sorry, not sorry, Malcolm Dandridge. So I like what Nick Jordan can do here. I think he could be a really solid role player off the bench. Obviously, you need a bit more of an impact player at, at that big spot. And luckily, Memphis may just have quite that guy in the future. But we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, I like what Memphis has done here so far. And I think they're far from done.
1: Yeah, to bring up one more guy that we can talk about is the guy that I've been high about since they upset Ohio State in the March Madness tournament is going to be Max Asmus. And one reason I'm so high on him is because his um, ability to be a floor general and not only do that, but score. His play style is that of Kendrick Davis. He's not as good of a scorer. He's more of a distributor um, than Kendrick Davis is, which might be good at a spot like Wichita State that he's considering going to. Um, also an American foe, which is going to be really cool to see they just lost Walton to go to Alabama, so they're going to have a guy like A. if he commits, come in and be an instant contributor. dish the bot, try to get more guys involved, which is going to be a lot more successful at a place like Wichita State, which has better talent than a place like Oral Roberts. No offense, they've been in the tournament too the last three years, but Wichita State is definitely more of a high-profile program. That's going to be something I'm going to be watching out for. Whoever gets Hunter Dickinson is an immediate March Madness team, though. I will say that. He did not have the best squad around him at Michigan. There were times where a lot they were dealing with injury as well. Um, they also a lot, lost a lot of guys last year. Um, I think Hunter Dickinson, whoever he goes to, is an instant contributor. Um, there's rumors about Kentucky. There's rumors about Maryland. Both are options. Both teams were good this year. Um, so I could see really anything when it comes to that. Um, but whoever grabs Dickinson
2: is arguably the biggest steal of the transfer portal. Going back to Abe Smith there for a minute, I don't see him going anywhere other than Wichita. At this point, Wichita has money. They are a predominantly basketball school, and they have Paul Mills, the former or- Oral Roberts coach. Oral Roberts is also in Wichita, Kansas. I mean, I just don't know where he would go if, <laughs> if, if it wasn't hey, Hale- Wichita State. Hale-Glove I just have no idea. Michigan.
1: So Caleb Love went from North Carolina to Michigan, so who knows? But, yeah, Abe Smith would fit well, Wichita State for sure. So any more uh, last-second thoughts on the transfer portal? any guys
2: that we're watching out for and keeping our eye out for? I mean, like I what you said, smiling. I'm really interested to see who gets Hunter Dickinson because whoever gets him is going to be immediately put on a national spotlight because Hunter Dickinson is a guy that's been a staple of college basketball Agreed. for a few years now. He's been one of the most high-profile players, you know, kind of that tier below Drew Timmy and guys like that and like Zach Eadie. So yeah, Hunter Dickinson. Whoever gets him immediately becomes a a team that people are going to have their eyes on, have going to have a lot of expectations for. Whether that's Maryland or North Carolina or Kentucky or wherever he lands, I mean, it, it may obviously be a great addition. And so yeah, I'm really interested to see where he ends up.
0: I want to be surprised if he goes back to Michigan.
2: Yeah, that wouldn't really? shock me either because Michigan has stacked up in the portal a love love. bit.
1: But do you think? Do you think a reason he left is because of lack of talent around him? Yeah. Is that the reason? I'd say so. Also, Pepper I mean, gets
2: kel El Ware. that He's going to be uh, a big pickup for him. I know he disappointed in his one season at Oregon, yeah. but he's a guy that's currently projected still to be a first rounder in the 2024 NBA draft. Currently, Indiana is the heavy favorite there after getting him on a visit. Alabama has been in some talks with him for a little while. Arkansas has been really in on him. So, yeah, he'll be a big pickup wherever he ends up. Caleb Battle, he's, he's his recruitment's been kind of a mystery. UCF had the early lead there, but lately it looks as if Arkansas has really taken the lead there in that race. I mean, there's still so many guys that are uncommitted and out there and ready to sign, and there's still going to be more guys that enter the portal. This portal race is far from over, and you know, somebody that's really into all this stuff, I'm really excited to see how it all shakes out.
1: Brent? I'm good. Gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm looking at this website. If y'all are not aware of this, On3, I know we talk about 247 a lot. On3 has NIL value predictions. Hunter Dickinson is worth 282000 That's That's one thing that we maybe have to consider here. Kentucky may be a better option for him when it comes to NIL money. Um, compared to that of Michigan, because Caleb Love is actually seven hundred thirty-nine thousand um, dollars. I don't know if that is one hundred percent he's how getting. These are right. That's what I was just going to say. I don't know how accurate those are, but that's the value. So I don't know if he could even go back if he was prioritizing nil money. So we'll see what happens there. But either way, this portal isn't far from over. We're going to continue into this into the summer. It's going to be fantastic to watch. All righty. Well, that should wrap it up for the sports talk of the day. (laughs) This has been fantastic. Lots of big things happening around the college basketball world and the NBA. It's going to be more exciting as we get into NBA playoff action, especially if we see the Grizzlies and the Warriors rematch in the second round. NFL draft in three weeks. NFL draft. We're getting closer. Best sporting event of the year. Masters, John Rahm taking
2: it home. Did y'all get to watch some action?
0: I did. We watched it all weekend.
2: Yes, sir. You watched the whole weekend of that garbage. You watched the gar- whole weekend. Garbage? That, gar- that garbage I'm just, you is, know, is I'm a beautiful spend my masterpiece. I whole weekend watching golf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've been watching wrestling, haven't you? I mean, a, a, a little. I watched WrestleMania last weekend. It was really good, by watch, the way. Especially I'm night gonna one.
0: Men. I'm going to watch men in t- t- tight suits. Squeeze their way around each other on a mat that's or fake.
1: Graceful swings. It's either one. That I'm gonna go Beautiful, luscious field. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's not fake. It's scripted. There's a difference. Sorry. These Sorry, guys get not- hurt for
1: real. They get hurt for real. Hey, so is the NBA, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, let's move into the week recaps, Roman. Obviously, it starts out with the WrestleMania, but what else has happened this week for you?
2: That was more of last week, but oh. uh, again, I'm just I'm just going through the the motions right here. Obviously, we had Easter weekend this weekend, and you know I, I had a brunch yesterday with the fam. That was really nice. Uh, but other than stuff like that, uh, we had the Central to the Arts festival last weekend, where uh, we did some uh, demonstrations with the Roar, the radio station at the U of M. Uh, didn't go too well for us because our Ethernet connection was cut out immediately so we couldn't broadcast to the internet which meant our only audience was that of the you know the attendees at the festival and it could have gone much better we'll just say that but the festival overall was really entertaining and i'm i'm sure if you were just there as a spectator as in just someone who was attending you had a great time but for us at the roar it could have gone a lot better but yeah other than that um yeah i, I think that's it we have school only a few weeks left in this semester so i'll be on summer break sooner rather than later uh, you seniors are getting out pretty soon so i think we'll be getting out at around the same time maybe myself getting out like a week or two before y'all but still congratulations 10. i'm sure it felt great for me to get out on like may 5th or whenever it was last year so i'm sure that's gonna be pretty it's awesome the same for day. y'all as well yeah.
1: Quick follow-up question. How has the experience been for the radio show?
2: Um, it's, it's, it's been really nice. Uh, it's given me an opportunity to really just have more of a creative outlet, give, get some more reps in because I had never done radio uh, before this. So, yeah, it's just something extra to add to the resume. It's really nice.
1: When it comes to radio and um, broadcasting, what now that you've had experience in both, what tends to be your favorite?
2: Well, broadcasting is kind of, Radio and broadcasting are—they are the same, you know, because you have radio broadcast, you have television broadcasts, you have all sorts of broadcasts from mm-hmm. the phone, social media. I mean, broadcast is a really broad term that you that can really be used in any sort of media outlet. So there's not exactly a, a preference for me there, since it's all kind of the same. Gotcha. I respect that, Brent.
0: Yeah, um, my week was pretty good. Um, I would talk about a lot of the details but I wanted to I wanted to hit on one thing instead and I know my dad's going to be listening to this so I thought I would hit on hit on this a little more instead of what I could spend my week recap on he says I didn't care enough so I'm going to reiterate my caring here and give it out to a larger audience just so he knows that I do appreciate this um, very much so Um, I know for you, Jake, and no shots at Mr. Kevin, it might have been a little bit easier for you to um, take down your father in a game of one-on-one. A great rite of passage for any young man um, beating his father in a game of basketball. Um, You've been taller than Mr. Kevin since you were six. So I'm sure that wasn't (laughs) as hard of a feat for you as it may be for me. Um, I do think out of our friend group, my dad is definitely the best Father, when it comes to basketball, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Sorry to any one of my friends who um, thinks any differently. He's uh, no, no, six, 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 five, 240 specimen could have played basketball in college, but decided to be a family man instead. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. My no, sorry, Mister Pyron, that's crazy. That's 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 crazy talk. Um, but took him took him to the rack today. Um, and it was it was great. Um, he said I didn't. I wasn't hyped enough about it. So I so I thought I'd uh, brag a little bit on here. Um, but my week was good. Um, I yeah I had a good week um, finishing out school, trying to do as least as le- little as I can and make it by, and it's
1: going pretty well. So, Brent, congratulations on the win.
2: Thank What's you. happening with your
1: camera there? <laughs> uh, my phone's about to die, so I rolled across the room and plugged it in. So, uh, yeah, well, that's my setup. How was your week? How was your week? My week was good. Um, it was, it was better as far as school goes, um, because the moral work is starting to become, um, not as school-based, it's more media stuff, which is a big plus. Um, starting to wrap up, I'm in two college classes this year. So those should wrap up quicker rather than later which is very helpful. Um, so those are one project left for English Roman, as you may know as well. Um, and then mass should close out pretty soon as well. So it's getting a little bit easier on those two sides of things. Um, but other than that, it was pretty good for uh, church this week. We started out, we had a worship night, which is really cool. Just going over the cross and, um, just going over like the different things that Jesus did leading up to, um, being crucified, which is really cool going around the the room room and taking part in different stations. That was really intentional and really, uh, I would say life-changing for a lot of people in there, including myself. Um, so that was awesome. And then we had volleyball after. That was a good time. I Got to love church sports. Um, it was a blast. We went 3-1 and one on the night. Our last one we lost by one point. So it was pretty close. Um, me and Brent were out of the game at that point. So that was kind of tough. Um, but it was still really fun. Um, a blast of an experience. I'm looking forward to that for the next five or six weeks. But, man, really the highlight is closing out school. Um, that's That's going to be pretty much the goal here. Senior eyes is kicking in hard. I don't really want to be there anymore. Obviously, I've been in hoodies, and the show and TV and media is great. But I'm like, man, no. I just want a little bit of a break. Um, because obviously, it's it's media, but also all the other classes at the same time. So looking forward to that summer vacation.
2: Yeah. Like, the motivation as you get closer to the end to get up at 530 in the morning just to go to school. Like That's the it, problem. It gets- it gets even harder to motivate yourself to do it each and every day. Like It, it literally goes down your motivation by each day mm-hmm. as you get closer to the end there. So I, I know you I know, I know you're feeling right now.
1: Yeah, I love school. Don't get me wrong. If I had to be there at eight, I would love it every single day, no matter what. But right now, I'm just like, we want to be done. Stop giving us work. Um, but, you know, that obviously doesn't cut it. So got to keep grinding until the end. May 5th, man. Anything else?
2: Brandon. Any other
1: any other things of uh, hot, any other hot takes? Might I add any other things that are worth mentioning? Hmm. No, I, I think we're good here. All I right, we're chilling. Today. All right, some wild predictions on the NBA play-in. Be sure to watch those games as they, as they progress throughout the week, Tuesday through Friday. That's gonna do it for the Men and Hoodies podcast for this episode. Stay tuned on our Instagram for updates about the podcast, other reaction videos. Again, as we get into the play-in, keep an eye on that transfer portal. If you do not follow us, go follow us at min.n.hoodies on our Instagram page. Also, check out the audio podcast on Spotify or Apple. Tell your friends about it. And, yeah, we will see you next time on the Men and Hoodies podcast. The Lord chose me.